Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from, from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me. And I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus said to him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. As I was preparing to preach this Sunday, I I finally went to the lessons. It took a while before I got there this week. It was one of those weeks. And I saw this lesson from Deuteronomy and remembered how much I like it as a way to begin Lent, a reminder to us of some things that are very important as we begin our Lenten journey. So I think uh, I want to hold that before you today because I think it contains in it uh, one of the most important things that we can do in our Lenten journey. In many ways, what it's saying to us is remember. This is an account of the offering of first fruits. It's a liturgy. And if you get a chance, read it again sometime today and you'll see that it's a very detailed account of how one is to worship God with the offering of first fruits. When the family comes forward with the first fruits of the harvest, they are to go to the priest in the temple and offer those first fruits. And then the priest uh, invites them to recount salvation history, to talk about, to recount, to recall, to remember what had happened to the Hebrew people. And they talk about the things that had happened where God had intervened and saved them, where God had brought them from homelessness to a home where they had been without a land to a people with a land, where they had been slaves and were now free. They were to make that story their own. And they tell it as though it is happening now. And you hear in it family recalling something for themselves that happened to a nation. I think perhaps the brilliance of this particular passage is that it captures a, uh, what a responsibility is of a nation, of a, of a unit of people to re- remember, 
but also the responsibility of individuals to remember as well. I think that perhaps part of the reason for that liturgy was to maintain that relationship with God and to keep that relationship vibrant, not just by the nation remembering, but by each family recalling what had happened and why it was so important. When we end our Lenten journey at the great vigil of Easter, we will also recount salvation history. You'll remember at the beginning of that service, there are a number of readings. They go back and begin with Genesis and the Garden of Eden and go all the, all the way through the account of salvation history. And then we say this night, not back then, this night we were saved. This night we were taken out of slavery and made free. So liturgy is important to us because it helps us remember as we were going through this great litany. It, too, was a way of remembering. There are many ways for us to remember. For some of us, it's a matter of telling the stories of being with friends and being able to open ourselves up with a friend and 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 to repeat some of the things that have happened to us that we perhaps have not told another person for years. For others, it's done very quietly and in private, perhaps with the use of a journal after going through the day and sitting down in the evening and writing down the thoughts that came to us through that day and having that as a record of our Lenten journey. For others, it might be writing a poem or perhaps writing our own psalm. Maybe some of you have tried to do that. I uh, recall something written by Kathleen Norris. And those of you who uh, might remember that Kathleen Norris is that South Dakota writer who uh, wrote the book Dakota, a spiritual geography. It's a very interesting book. If you've not read it, I would commend it to you. She tells about the power of remembering in an account that she gives of the time that she offers to parochial schools. She often serves as an artist in residence in parochial schools. And she said that when uh, she did that, she would read the Psalms with the children. And she did that because at the Eucharist, they would hear a snippet of the Psalms, but they didn't have a sense of the importance of the beauty of that poetry and the breadth of that poetry. One of the things that Ivan Kaufman uh, often talked about was uh, how sad he felt about the fact that we don't have some of the psalms of lament and some of the angry psalms to read in worship. Those who uh, developed our lectionary took out those, those difficult psalms. So we tend to have psalms that are more uplifting and praising. But important in the psalms is also this expression of emotion an expression that sometimes borders on profane. She said that the children were often surprised when they heard the breadth of these psalms and how vivid they were in their emotion, especially as they expressed sadness and anger, and especially anger toward God. And she said that uh, as the children wrote, and some of you can perhaps relate to this, those who had older brothers and sisters who were picking on them from time to time, were especially adept at writing cursing psalms. <laughs> she said the children really connected with all of this. They were able to get into it and to express their deepest emotions. And then she tells a story about a boy 
who wrote a poem, a psalm, that he entitled, The Monster Who Is Sorry. And he began the poem by admitting that he hates it when his father yells at him. And then in the poem, he shows his reaction to that yelling by him throwing his sister down the stairs. And then by messing up his room. And then eventually messing up the whole town. And then the poem says at the very end, Then I sit in my messy house and say to myself, I shouldn't have done all that. And she goes on to say that that poem opened for that boy a door that had been closed, that anger that he had deep within, the anger that was eating away at him was now opened to the light of grace, to the healing of God. You may have noticed, I doubt that you did, though, because we managed to hide it, a cross at the very back of the church in the narthex next to the memorial board. And there you'll find little pieces of paper and some pencils. And this is being offered to you during this Lenten season as a way for you to remember to take perhaps one of those pieces of paper, write down a word or a name or a brief phrase. And perhaps that is your confession. Perhaps it is simply a petition to God, offering your prayer to God. Then fold it and take a nail from the box that's attached to the cross and and pound that nail through that petition into the cross. And then at the end of our Lenten journey, when we come to the great vigil of Easter, we will use those pieces of paper as part of the new fire from which we'll light the Paschal candle. Now, we won't have preludes during this uh, Lenten season, So I hope as you enter the church during Lent, you'll enter quietly. And I know we all want to greet our neighbor, and we should. (laughs) Greet them quietly. (laughs) Short discussion. And then meditate. And listen for the pounding of the nails. For people who are opening their souls and their hearts to God. Opening their souls, those dark places that haven't been entered into. Those deepest desires. Those greatest concerns. Those most frightening fears being open to God and being nailed to the cross. My prayer for each of us as we begin this Lenten journey together is that we may open those dark corners of our hearts. That we may let the light of God and the healing grace of God enter into them. And let us offer our memories the good memories and the bad without fear and knowing that even the worst things that we may have done or may have experienced in our lives, God can transform and out of that can come healing. I pray that each one of us may indeed have a holy Lent. Amen.